Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. I am delighted on this episode to be talking with someone who is uh, well-established and well-founded in the world of literature for young people, including picture books and prose, um, a great deal of nonfiction work out there, and historically inspired work. And that person is Deborah Hopkinson. Deborah, thank you for jumping in and talking with me for a few minutes. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, well, great to have you. I'll mention a couple of titles. Now, my understanding is that the all three of these titles are uh, just in the space of one year, 2023. And so you have a, a range of work. Um, the Plot to Kill a Queen, Small Places Close to Home, and Trim Set Cell. So uh, you are something of a prolific author as well, it seems. Um, yes, I think in the last couple of years, some of the books that are coming out are books that I wrote when I was in lockdown. And if you put a writer wow. in lockdown and you don't let them leave their house, then sometimes what they do is they just write. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I have those books. And then in 2024, I actually have six books coming out. Oh, wow. Um, including picture books, uh, long form nonfiction, which is for middle grade readers and um, two more of the trim books, which are early chapter books. Love it. Love it. Well, and I love the the range of what you're crafting there, not just in genre, but thinking about the audience as well. Um, great to have a lot of books out there for young people of all ages to read and connect with. Um, for me, I've always been kind of a history nerd. I grew up in a historic town, Lowell, Massachusetts, um, which was the beginning of the labor movement and um, textile industry in the United States. And so I was surrounded by history and I don't think I realized it growing up, but uh, when I began to try to write for kids, I ended up writing about history. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so what, what drew you to writing in the written word? Was it, was that love of history part of it or, um, were there some other sparks there as well? Um, well, I'm barely five feet, so I wasn't very good at sports. <laughs> um, and I love to read. So I was the kid in the classroom who would like sneak the novel underneath the desk that I had been reading the night before. So mm -hmm. I always wanted to be a writer from the time I was in fourth grade. But I only became a full-time writer much later, um, I had a full-time job working for colleges and universities, primarily, mm -hmm. um, raising money and writing grants. So any kind of writing, and I always tell this to students, any kind of writing um, helps you as a writer. I love that. Love that idea. Um, what is it like to work from prose to picture books and sort of uh, across audiences that way and even across sort of genres and media in a way? Um, I tend to be most comfortable in nonfiction. Right now I'm working on um, a book called They Battled in Blizzards. Um, it's about the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> and um, so I can work on that for eight hours a day and then I might stop and try um, a new picture book. So mm -hmm. I do try to vary it. Um, and I like all kinds of writing. Um, when I was working full time, you know, I wrote thank you letters to donors <laughs> for the college and every piece of writing is a challenge. So for me, it's also sometimes just about the process 
of being engaged um, with the problem to solve on the page or with the characters, or in this case, in nonfiction is, I have the honor of bringing to life the stories of people who fought there when they were 19 and 20 years old. Um, and we have shared, they've shared those stories as oral histories. And so it's, it's sort of a privilege to bring that to a new generation. Love it, love it. Um, you mentioned that there's a fair amount of research in what you do and uh, crafting in nonfiction, it's, it's a must. Um, so I'm curious about what that process is like for you as well. Well, the book that I have coming out in fall of 2024 is called They Saved the Stallions. And it's a two-part series. The one I'm working on now is the second part of it. And the series name is World War II Close Up. Okay. So for that, um, it's about the rescue of the Lipizzaner stallions in World War II. So it involved finding photos, historic photos of what happened to the horses. Um, I also uh, wrote to, I called out of the blue uh, the two children whose fathers were American soldiers who helped with the rescue of these horses. Um, and then also I uh, contacted someone who's the head of the U.S. Lipizzan Federation in the United States who read all of the um, passages about dressage to make sure that I got that part right. So mm -hmm. it, um, it involves a lot of research um, photographs um, as well as then also permissions to use um, quotes from uh, memoirs or oral histories. And in one case, um, the daughter of one of the soldiers actually went to the basement and uncovered her father's unpublished memoir. So I was able to use those primary sources to tell the story. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always talking about the importance of primary sources as a teacher and connecting with social studies and history in that way. So it, it's great to hear sort of a, a living process of going through that to put something together. <laughs> um, it's exciting when you find it, you know, when, when you find, sometimes you'll find like in the story I'm working on now, there's a very famous quote uh, of World War II when during the siege of Bastogne and the Battle of the Bulge. And I just happened to have um, an oral history of a soldier who was uh, an interpreter for the German messenger who brought this order of surrender to um, General uh, Anthony McAuliffe and so who witnessed it. So when you have like, you have this historic kind of moment and then you have someone who was there, <laughs> uh -huh. it's uh -huh. still really exciting for me. So I guess I'm still kind of that you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade nerd that I really get excited about those things. <laughs> well, um, well, speaking of, of the work you have in progress and uh, current projects and all of those things, six books on the way uh, in 2024. That's um, quite an accomplishment in and of itself. I'm curious if there are uh, particular titles that you want to mention for listeners to sort of be on the lookout for as well as spaces where we might go to find out more about your work? Um, well, one of the um, things I did this last year uh, was published uh, Trim Set Sail and uh, Trim Helps Out. And uh, there are two more titles in this series. And this is early chapter book series. They're highly illustrated by the amazing Christy Caldwell. Mm -hmm. And the fun thing about this book, these books, I think, is that they are historical fiction for young readers. They're based on a real ship's cat named Trim, who was um, the, 
his owner was Matthew Flinders, a British explorer. And so Trim became in 1801, 18, between 1801 and 1803, the first cat to circumnavigate Australia. So uh, this book has talking animals in it. It is very, uh, very much fictionalized, but there's a note in the back that explains two readers um, about the real Trim. And the exciting thing to me about this is that Matthew Flinders
places where people can go, um, social media, websites, uh, curious about school visits as well. Any, any information for listeners that want to go and kind of follow up and learn more? Yes, I have a website, just DeborahHopkinson.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram, mostly. Um, not so much on Twitter anymore, but sometimes I am. Um, and then uh, school visit information is is on my website also. And I do, um, for my school visits, I do uh, everything from kindergarten through about eighth grade. Wonderful. Uh, well, have we missed anything in the talk through that you want to make sure to share? Um, no, I just, uh, I guess the other thing I would say is um, really to encourage parents uh, to read with their kids. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And sometimes that's very difficult, especially in spring and fall when you have sports. So another way to do that is to listen to audiobooks. Mm -hmm. um, the audiobook of The Plot to Kill a Queen, which is a book that I, a novel, historical fiction novel that came out in October, is amazing. And the uh, narrator is Rosie Jones, and it takes place in London, and Shakespeare is a character. So audiobooks are really great ways to share stories as families. Yeah, yeah. Perfect for those commutes after school activities, which I know there are a lot of, as well as family trips. Yes, and we used to do that um, with our kids, and I, I, I think it's a, it's really a great way, and it's a great way to hear language. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really take very many or any writing classes, but I think either reading yourself or hearing language, it's like music. You get immersed in it, and I think that makes all of us better readers. Absolutely, absolutely. Um well, Deborah, thank you so much for the interview. I'm glad that I was able to connect with you and glad to share about your work. Glad to have you back anytime to talk about projects that are on the way. And I would not be surprised if there are many other titles that come to be from you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.